Hello and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the Video Game Awards, or the Game Awards as they're now called. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast? On this podcast, you and I like to get together, a uh, little, little, uh, little mood music. Uh, and there's no mute music, but we talk about games is what we do. Uh, I was going to say, you know, we sit, we sit in our chairs, we sip some brandy, you know, listen if to a little brandy, you light, mean light Coke jazz. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm drinking a Pepsi throwback. Well, it's not even called Pepsi throwback anymore. I don't even know what it's called. It's just the Pepsi that's made with real sugar instead of corn syrup. Yeah, uh, but anyway, today we're talking about the Game Awards because they've taken place, and it's an interesting thing to talk about, I guess. Um, I find them to be an interesting thing to talk about because uh, my Twitter is awash with people talking about them. Um, the industry at large likes to likes to kind of delve into it, Reddit, you know, like big gaming communities, and I see a lot of negativity uh, heading their way. And even though I kind of get it in the sense of I get where they're coming from, I, I like to stick up for the game awards. I think that they are a, a good thing. Um, and, uh, I, I think that they will make the game industry and culture better given enough time. Um, unfortunately I think we're kind of in like growing pains era, uh, of stuff and uh, and I, I am hopeful for what they can represent uh, as we as we kind of move forward. How do you feel? Uh, I kind of feel similarly. Um, I feel like we've gotten past the the kind of worst parts of the growing pains. We've gotten away from Spike TV. Jeff Keeley has has descended the Dorito Pope's throne. Um, he no longer <laughs> sits the Holy See of Mountain Dew, um, and. You know, and given that that's all behind us, I do think that I do think that Jeff Keighley has the right his heart's in the right place. I do think he he, he does this because he wants to see um, video games succeed. Um, I still I, I think that games awards are a are an inherently tougher thing to do than movie awards, mm-hmm. um, just because like there are so many games that come out each year and they like. It's very easy to kind of like look at, at the different movie awards and be like, oh, they're talking about things that really that get theatrical releases for, for the most part. There might be a couple categories dedicated to, to to more independent stuff, but like that's the equivalent of like the AAA titles each year. But gaming is is in a lot of ways so much more than I think the indie game scene gets a lot more attention than like the indie movie scene. Oh, um, interestingly enough, so here, so okay, um. I like comparing them to the Oscars because I think on the like if we're if we're advocating for the games awards, right? I think that we can very clearly say like look at the Oscars, look at what kind of effect that they have on the movie industry uh alone and that's a net positive effect, right? Um because Oscars get a bunch of buzz um because you know like essentially because the Oscars get a whole bunch of you know like buzz and attention or whatever um and that attention gets kind of shot is is a shot in the arm for like not crowd pleasing stuff and then because the Oscars are essentially taste making 
you know, like these are, you know, like the Academy is built of essentially just a ton of people from the movie making industry, right? Um, and they're all just voting on whatever it is that they're voting on. Um, the uh, uh, you you get this kind of like afterburner effect where like if a movie wins an Oscar, it's gonna make a lot more money. Uh, essentially than it would have otherwise. So it creates a uh, a kind of like feedback loop, financial loop for studios to make Oscar bait in order to, um, to make, so to make Oscar bait in order to do a couple of things, right? Elevate directors, performers, right? Because if you can kind of sign someone on, right? If we sign on James Cameron as the director of Titanic, which won all of these Oscars, right? Or, you know, like uh, even kind of more prestige directors than that, like Martin Scorsese, right? He doesn't make block blockbuster movies but his movies sell like blockbuster movies because he has a lot of cachet because he has a lot of tangible like the you know the, these kind of oscar wins right and we can point to um uh other filmmakers guys like you know david fincher comes out and is is like a big oscar contender nowadays right like and and so when you have people making movies for the oscars essentially um you get bad Oscar bait, sure, but you also get good Oscar bait. And you and you diversify what the industry looks at and says, this is a project that's you know, like find that'll that that'll give me like a good financial return. So essentially. So, and so, so well, that's the plus side. Uh so, that's like mm -hmm. the, the, the optimistic side of how Oscar how the game the game awards could interact with the with they could a similar feedback loop, a similar kind of um you know, like 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 convection draft uh, could like power up um, and diversify the way the industry looks at some of these games. So I agree with you, but I think that there's the bootstrapping problem there. I think that a lot of the games that kind of could do that are kind of stuck in the indie sphere, um, and they I, I think I, I think it's kind of hard to like rocket boost that into a place. Where, like I think you have to have a game that's essentially oscar bait to exist before it'll get an oscar and you need to take a chance of that and as i'm saying this i think we're actually on the crest of that happening um you know tying into the game awards i think that the first game that could potentially do this is death stranding um the trailer of which the one of the second trailer of which came out at this video game awards i think if any game is going to actually boost us to the point where we start getting oscar bait triple a games it's going to be death stranding and so hopefully Ooh, that game hopefully that game does well i think it's the only triple a game that i can see coming that like really takes a lot of risks and does something like crazy and and like the, at that level at, at the level where i would call it like equivalent to oscar bait um just to kind of jump into a little bit if you look at if you look at this list of games i'd say a lot of them we, we've talked about this before right like uh when we talk about movies a lot of these games that are both won their nominees are transformers not citizen kane um and i think yeah. that I think that Citizen Kane, like there are games that are kind of like that that, that approach Citizen Kane in kind of the indie sphere, right? Like like Inside and uh, and and Virginia and um, uh, and Undertale kind of like like hit that kind of like that that level of arts uh, uh, of. Uh, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say artsiness, but that's just because I can't think of a better words. Artfulness, artfulness I mean, is prestige, a better word. maybe prestige. Is what yeah, you're going for. Yeah, you know, like they hit that level of kind of like artistic reverence, right? Um, but they don't have the production values or the size to kind of really vault it in kind of like big boy territory. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I feel that. Uh, you know, I wonder in 
what? Where does Undertale come in? Does that was that last year? I guess. Yeah, Undertale was last year. Okay, I don't. I guess it was really at the tail end of last year. It, it so was like October of it. last it year. Um, but did it win like all of these awards? Undertale would be a poster child for this kind of thing. I feel like um, what a, you know, like an indie game uh, that that just like ramps up a ton a, a ton of steam. I still haven't played it actually, but that ramps up a ton of steam. Essentially essentially in carries i mean that's what happened actually at the vgas in 2012 um was the walking dead season one one best game uh and it was because it was you know it was an indie game that really took itself seriously and people really responded to you know critics kind of came out and they said holy shit right like you know this is this isn't like this is this is like like a uh i don't know where so many games are uh, kind of like burgers and fries almost, right? And you can have good burgers and fries and bad burgers and fries, right? This is a game that's like, you know, a $100 steak maybe kind of thing. Just like, oh my God, it is so good, right? And I think people really responded to that because, you know, like there really wasn't a backlash, I felt like, in 2012 uh, when uh, when The Walking Dead uh, Season 1 won that, that. It was still the VGAs at that time. Um, but it it won that award. Uh, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I do. So, I don't so have a lot I, of respect, by the way, for the for the VGAs. But the 2012 VGAs were the last one. But it was it was Walking Dead the game, and Studio of the Year was Telltale Games for it. It was up against. It was actually up against some powerhouses too. It was up against Assassin's Creed Three, Dishonored, Journey, and Mass Effect Three. I think I think Assassin's Creed Three and Mass Effect Three don't have a chance in hell, right? But like Journey, Dishonored, hell yeah, man! Like those movies, those those games totally. I and no, nobody would have been surprised if Dishonored took that, right? Um, yeah, you know what um, I mean? although I feel like, I feel like Telltale is, is not, Telltale is kind of like at a medium stage. Although I, I think it kind of draws to the point of like, you know, it, it's it, it's a higher level, like it, I don't think it's AAA, but it's also not indie. Telltale right? before the Walking Dead game, I actually don't think, was. I think I think it was. Uh, I mean, you know, well, like I think, I, I think I, it was solid. It was a solid mid-range studio, right? Telltale Games has been around for a while. Done a they, lot. They, they've they've definitely been around for a while, right? And I think we can all, you know, like we can all agree that, right? Like we may have recognized Sam and Max, but the thing that I think really platformed them to kind of, or like, you know, the thing that took them, uh, that kind well, of, I think it jumped them, pumped them up was was yeah, the Walking Dead. The game. Walking the Walking Dead bumped them from medium to to large, not from nothing to. Ooh, do I agree with that? Jeez. Okay, I guess I see where you're coming from. I don't know that I agree though, but fair enough. Yeah, like I, I see what you're saying too, but like they've 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 been around for a long time. They've like they they are not a uh, you know a company that came out of nowhere, um, and and made a game. It's you know like Sam and Max are games that you know that I that I have known for a long time. Um, they did they did the Monkey Island remake. Um, they did Poker Night at the Inventory. Um, you know, that, but, that's the one with Brock Sampson, right? The Brock Sampson and Claptrap and uh, it, it has yeah, it has it has a in the heavy yeah. Um, <laughs> um but just just to kind of get back to your original thing, um, Undertale didn't win anything last year, um, but uh, but her story won Best Narrative, which uh, you know, um, as if you remember from a couple weeks back, is is something that I I. I, I didn't like. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Yeah. Although the, I th I think so. 
it's weird though because I'm looking I'm looking at these 2015 awards and I guess I had forgotten a lot. Um, but I feel like I feel like there's a lot more kind of like indie stuff on here. There's Ori in the Blind Forest. There's um, Rocket League. There's a Life is Strange. Um, and so like, this, you know, this... yeah, I'm actually looking at this as well. I I hadn't realized that The Witcher won. Uh, uh, yeah, well, the, the um, I'm just glad Fallout Four didn't. That piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just, just kind of get back to the original point. I think that you get these kind of like larger than life type movies when kind of direct. You feel free to correct me because you obviously know more about this than I do. I feel like you get like some of these larger than life movies when directors are kind of allowed to do what they want instead of having to do what the studio wants. Um, and I think that. We're going to see that for the first time with Death Stranding. Hideo Kojima Fair enough. Hideo is going Kojima is really going to, yeah. I think he's probably and one of the first. he's working with Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the first uh, basically uh, designers who kind of gets to write his own checks in that way. I feel like yeah. the video game industry, and this, this kind of ties into a lot of other stuff that we've talked about, right? Like we've talked about um, on, uh, on the cast how... Um, uh, you know, the, the games industry wants to behave simultaneously like Silicon Valley tech companies at the same time. It wants to behave like movie studios, but there's a lot of tension in how those two work. And they're, and so it doesn't quite work out uh, in that sense. And I think a lot of the time um, kind of artists and artistry has been sacrificed almost um, kind of on the altar of this stuff, right? Like, you know, I, I think of Mass Effect 2 as an amazing game, and I think that it's an artistic achievement, but I it's hard to really, uh, you know, I can't point to that game and then point to one guy and say, you know, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name because it's like Polish, but it's like Drew Carpatian, right? He's the guy that wrote the game, and that makes it, you know... That, may, yeah. that, that is what makes it – you know what I mean? Like that kind of artistry doesn't really exist for video games. You have a couple of really like hardcore breakthrough um, – you know, Hideo Kojima is obviously a good example. Somebody like um, – who's the fucking uh, – the double fine guy? Tim Schafer? Tim Schafer uh, is another one. Ken Levine uh, is probably – you know, but we really quickly kind of run out of where, you know – we're talking about people who we would call "quote unquote" artists and people who we would call "quote unquote" executives. Um, yeah, see, what I'm saying. I, I see what you're saying. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I do think we've got a couple other people um, that can kind of write their own checks, but I think the, the video is the first one with like uh, a lot. Like, I think most of the people up to this point have been mechanics people, and he's the and Hideo Kojima is the first like story artistry oh, person. I actually think because, Ken Levine. Is, um, a, is a story person. Okay, I could agree. I, I, I also I, think actually you could put Chris Metzen in there easily as a story person. I mean, he started in the art department and then right, but I don't think they've got the same type of, of like the same type of like check writing. You know, like I think Hideo Kojima wants to make this game, and so he was able to get somebody to to pay for it, right? Because mm -hmm. he's Hideo Kojima. I don't think either of those people got that. I think the only other person that I can think of off the top of my head that really has done that. Um, is Sid Meier, and he builds strategy games, not like art, art, artful, uh, you know, single player experiences. Also, he quote unquote unquote builds them. Sorry, I don't mean to throw this shade, but I'm totally throwing it. Uh, Civilization. I mean, they're all called Sid Meier's Civilization. Right, right. He's not the project lead on almost all of them. Uh, well, uh, in like a in like a like a real capacity. Sure, but he uh, he. 
some of the older games that like I think Alpha Centauri was hit it was like really his and that, that was yeah, one of the yeah, first that's games fair. that's fair that's one of the first games with his name on it but but again those were games built on kind of me- mechanics rather than on 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 uh, story and art you know I actually now that I think about it I actually think that Kurt Metzen is a great idea of how these kind of art what happens to these artists I think they get absorbed into that kind of like exact I think Chris Metzen could have been someone like this but then he kind of became a corporate yeah entity more than he be you know what i mean like listen right uh you you can look at okay, so okay right good example bad example whatever Zack snyder is a you know he's a director he's an artist right almost all of his movies are wb movies right i think actually every single movie he's ever put out um in like a mainstream uh, uh scenario has been produced uh and distributed and everything by um uh, by the WB because you know the it, because the WB essentially is uh, oh you know his first movie Dawn of the Dead was Universal okay so essentially after that but so um, what you get is you kind of get this effect of like you know Warner Brothers looks at Zack Snyder and they say okay this is a talent we want to hire right and it's not just Zack Snyder it's plenty of guys yeah. David Yates on the Harry Potter movies is the same thing James Wan. Um, who uh, who's doing the Aquaman movie, but he's also done all of these Conjuring movies, Annabelle. There's like five of them at this point, Insidious, right? Um, they they like to kind of farm their filmmakers. Disney is doing the same thing, right? John Favreau goes from doing Elf to Iron Man one to Iron Man two to you know uh, to the Jungle Book for Disney, right? And I think that that what happens if this was if those were video game companies Zack Snyder would be a vice president of something you know what i mean like vice he would be like the vice president of you know he would be like a creative director or a creative VP in the company um, because, you know, this and this is a tech company thing. They like to absorb and they like to keep everyone in house and kind of like absorb these people, whereas movies like to keep everything, you know, like everything um, kind of. Yeah, I, I, think, I think like like the like contracty like where uh, we work with each other on a project to project basis. I, I think that's accurate. I also think there's kind of like in, in, a, in a positive way, it's kind of like games are. More, I feel like a game company seems more like a family, right? Like you listen to Chris Metzen talk about like about what working at Blizzard was like, and it's it's you know it's like they're his, they're they're his they're his family, like his second family apart from you know his real family. Um, I think that's what kind of leads to these kinds of kinds of things, and uh, I think the reason it happened with Hideo, the reason this worked with Hideo Kojima, is because Konami ejected him. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, like I could, like, 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 you know, Kojima had his own recognition, and Konami has its own problems, and so it was already starting to go this way. But I, you know, if Konami had decided to hold on to Kojima and not do this, like, he, it would the same thing would have happened. You know, Um, I actually have to say that, um, I actually have to say that Square Enix is this exact same kind of, not, not, sorry, uh, more like the Chris Metzen thing than the Hideo Kojima thing, but my the the VP who runs my department at the company is the guy who designed Final Fantasy Nine. He just he and he he took a job with and he's not a design you know like he's not a designer anymore. He's essentially the the VP of I don't know that I can actually reveal that on the air, but um he and um and so um do I have to I think cut this? It, uh i'll have to look at it um the but the point is i think uh you know i think that uh 
companies definitely do kind of absorb these people and almost like wash out the fact that they're artists uh, in this way. And Hideo Kojima is really the only example. I actually do. I would. I would make the case that with Irrational Games, with Bioshock Infinite. Uh, Ken Levine was trading on his kind of star power as as an artist. I think Bioshock Infinite doesn't get made uh, without kind of his, but I think he also, you know, I think Bioshock Infinite has a lot of problems. Um, I would love, you know, we should actually, I would love to replay that game and go in depth on it because I think there are, it is such an interesting mixed bag of problems um, and things that work, things that don't work kind of thing. Um, And so... I don't know. I, I, I think this thing is going to is going to take off. And it's also a long process, right? Like, the Oscars have, have been around for so long, right? But the idea of Oscar bait is actually fairly, like, relatively recent, right, right? right? When movies first came about, it was actually very similar, right? There was a lot of allegiance to studios. You had allegiance to stars, kind of. But there was a lot of allegiance to studios. There was a lot of allegiance to franchises, actually, like this. I mean, you look at guys like... Um, Oh god, I'm gonna blank on his name. He's a super famous. Uh, oh, fuck, this is gonna kill me. Um, uh, Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. Uh, you know, he's 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 uh, uh, an actor who does like you know all of these like franchise like Robin Hood movies. You know, like all you know all of this stuff. Like this looks a lot like what I kind of see or what I kind of feel like we're looking at the video games thing. So I think the Game Awards getting set up now and giving them like room to breathe and looking at it from a law. You know, like this isn't a problem. This is a decades problem right this is something that's going to materialize over decades it's not something that's going to kind of materialize overnight if we're looking at it from the 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 kind of optimistic perspective i think there is a pessimistic case to be made about the video game awards in general um sure um by the by the way i do think that one one of these people that can get passion projects made um if he decides he gets tired of retirement, will be Chris Metzen. Like, oh, one hundred percent. I could totally one, see in ten to fifteen yeah. years him being like, "Oh, I want to make a game." People are like, "How much money do you want? We'll give you three times it." Like, yeah. and and I have to say, I actually think that designers and teams doing this kind of thing it, and making the indica- independent studios, like, I th- I, I don't want to I don't want to counteract what you're talking about when it when it comes to independent studios, right? right the right. Banner Saga uh, uh, studio, whatever that studio is called. Um, is built of i mean it's it's essentially an independent studio but it is built stoic um it is essentially built of uh cast off uh bioware people right um who had all worked on star wars the old republic and so i think you know looking at that kind of thing 100 percent counts essentially in the uh uh, in the in the in the context of you know kind of like making making art house essentially movies uh, or like Oscar bait kind of movies right like I think stuff like the Banner Saga definitely de- like belongs yeah. belongs up there. Um, yeah, it, it's also I think part of the other weirdness is, is kind of like there's there's a there's this push with with um, with Kickstarter for games to kind of be produced independently in in niches right like like your tyranny or not tyranny because tyranny is published by paradox but like your your uh your your um your pillars of eternity your pillars of eternity to your your uh not to post divinity original sin divinity original sin yeah 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 like those games i think are are kind of examples of of you know people writing their own checks essentially yeah um but they're actually they're getting us to write their checks because we've got faith in them i guess 
Um, I would I would also say if I'm making the pessimistic case, the problem with the game awards will come down to the fact that what is a game is so tough to define. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons that we get four shooters in the game of the year category is because it's actually pretty easy to measure Doom against Overwatch against Titanfall 2 against Uncharted. But if you spread that out a little bit and you're measuring Doom against, you know... Uh, uh, Sid Meier's you know, Civilization 6. Sid Meier's Civilization 6, Firewatch, right? Mafia 3, right? You know, like... Uh, you 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 spread out you know World of Warcraft Legion right like how do you look at a game like World of Warcraft Legion it's an expansion pack to another game is that a sequel you know what I mean like there's a lot of this stuff yeah. up in the air and um and you know like we can all kind of compare you know we can compare movies because they have a even if they're about ridiculously different content right Transformers is so fucking different than a movie like The Artist um talk about oscar bait jesus christ uh then a movie like the artist that you know but at least they follow the same kind of like general skeleton right Right. you know these are we can still recognize this thing as a movie right but there are arguments about whether something like over or you know or sorry something like firewatch or you know uh virginia uh, virginia any any of these walking you know like these walking simulators as we talked about earlier um when those are still questioned on whether or not they're actually games, right? How do you compare The Witness to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, yeah. Clash Royale, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's real. That is a really difficult, that's a really difficult thing. Um, the VGAs did it by breaking them into kind of easily recognized cultural genres, right? We're talking about shooters. We're talking about, you know, does it? Uh, strategy games, RPGs, right? And uh, and the Game Awards does this to a much lesser extent. It kind of goes action, action, adventure, RPG, fighting game, strategy game, right? Um, but um, I don't know. Yeah, does it am – am I wrong? Aren't the uh, – okay, Academy Awards does have a best picture. For whatever reason, I thought the, the best picture was like best drama and best comedy were separate. That is the Golden Globes has oh, best okay. comedy and best drama, but like it's also a huge game on what count, you know, like, and I think this is a problem that's going to pop up for the game awards, right? Like, oh, you know, is the Banner Saga really a strategy game? Is it really an RPG? Is Tyranny, you know, like, is Tyranny a strategy yeah. game? Yeah. Is that an RPG, right? Like, I'm, and, and oh, then, I'm, you know, and then you've got, you've always got these, you know, we talk about this about, about the sport versus like, you know, Academy Awards has a best film editing category, right? When you're comparing, like, Sid Meier's Civilization VI versus The Banner Saga, one of them has a much more clear and compelling narrative. One of them has a much more in-depth, in you know, world management yeah. system. Yep. Right? Like, like how, how do you how, how do you even pit two games in the same category against each other in that Hell, way? Hell, how do you com- how do you pit a game like, uh, you know, um, you know, like, let's say we, we pit Titanfall 2 against... Uh, let me try and see. I mean, Uncharted 4 is actually a pretty good example of this, right? Like, you know, Titanfall 2 is 
I mean, it, it has a single-player campaign, but it's really there for the multiplayer, right? Uh, Titanfall 2's campaign is actually supposed to be very, very good. I, I mean, no, no, no that's my thing, right? Like, it is supposed to be very good, right? But, like, you know, the purpose of Titanfall 2 is a lot less about that single-player, right? But, like, Uncharted 4, I don't even know if that has a multiplayer, right? Like, and so how do you kind of, like, when the game so clearly has a focus, right? If, if this was, oh, Overwatch, you know, I think, is a much stronger example of that anyway, right? There is no single-player in Overwatch. Right, well, I mean, in just in, in the sense of, like, a game that has a multiplayer but doesn't really focus okay, mass yeah, effect yeah. is a good example of this right like how do you compare a game like mass effect 3 which has a multiplayer it's good but it's obviously not the point of the game right to something like you know uh uh i'm trying to think of just like a multiplayer game with like a really piddly kind of small single player storyline right that's like three hours you know what I mean? But you know, you Titan know what I Fall mean, one. right? Let's call it yeah. Titanfall 1. Just yeah, exactly, right? Like, how do you, uh, you know, do I do I evaluate, do I kind of co cross-compare them? Do I compare Titanfall's multiplayer to Mass Effect 3's single player because those are the respective focuses of those two games? That seems, that seems so weird. How do you compare, from a multiplayer game perspective, this is a hard question to answer, how do you compare Borderlands 2 or, or like, Diablo 3 to... Uh, COD, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, or, or, or League of Legends or World of Warcraft. How do you compare the multiplayer? You know, World of Warcraft, it's a multiplayer, it's an MMORPG, right? How do you compare? These kinds of questions are really tough to answer. And I think that they are, um, uh, they are going to be the big, big, big hurdles to kind of get over. And if the game, and if the game awards kind of like, you know, uh, uh, fail to create whatever they're trying to create um if they stumble and fall my bet is that is going to be the reason that it happens yeah i i, I think too that there's kind of kind of in the same vein like there's also so many games that come out like so many and you, you can ignore a lot of them right you can ignore like as, as uh, Matt from Super Best Friends says, there are three visual novels that come out every second on steam and you can ignore most of them <laughs> um <laughs> But that's like, true. Do you know what? Do you know what it takes to get uh, uh, to get considered for the Academy Awards? Uh, no, no, I don't. You actually. have to put out uh, your movie has to be viewable. I think in both New York and Los Angeles for at least one week, any time of the year before December thirty first. It can be one screening. There can be one screening of your movie. Um, and it is technically in consideration for the Academy Awards. Sure. And, but like, so the, the thing I think that the danger I think that's here, um, is that, um, well, like, I, like I said before, independent movies generally don't garner nearly as much attraction as ind independent games do. And, um, you know, there are some, there's some strong indie nods in this lineup, but there are also like a lot, of, you know, a lot of these, these titles are big productions right like like what may does it come down to a point where like you know say uh what, what what's the um what, what's what's a good example of game like, let's, let's say tyranny tyranny isn't on this list anywhere right maybe it was too close but like you know tyrannies by paradox which is a sizable publisher but not a huge one um you know at what point does somebody start saying hey i've never seen a paradox game on this list but we got you know we've gotten every battlefield game for forever on every list, um, like at what point does somebody say, I, I think there's shenanigans happening here. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's I. To be honest, I think that that's true when we look at it from the uh, from uh, from like a strategy game uh, kind of perspective. And I also think that to a certain extent, you know, I I kind of feel like Paradox lives in uh, something of a dead zone, right? Like I almost don't think I would call uh, Europa Universalis the best. I, I, so the best strategy game of all time that I have ever played in my life is Europa Universalis Four, right? U Four. But I played the release version of that game. But even when I played the release version of the game, a couple of expansions had come out. And I wasn't playing with any of the expansions, but patches had come with them that radically changed those game mechanics. And now I have bought some of the expansions and way more patches have come out. And so when I loaded up today, right, versus when I loaded it up two years ago, it's a radically different game. And it's you know they they release they release like an expansion every three fucking months right do I have to boil down and do I have to say you know like oh EU fours right you know uh uh the, the, the um I can't even remember any of these uh uh expansion uh titles right but like you know wh- wh- where does that come up right do i does it keep requalifying for consideration because it's adding new expansions coming out i think that's actually kind of fair if you if you put it in that perspective right um but i don't know that that makes the most altogether sense right do i uh so the most recent one that they came out with is rights of man right um which really focuses in content on for like the german princes right uh in the holy roman empire and then kind of like kingdoms in west africa does that stuff change you know do i have to narrow that down i i, I don't know it's a really it's a really hard thing to kind yeah, of answer I'm kind of on that on that on that note um for best rpg this year witcher 3 wild hunt blood and wine a an ex, a, i guess an expansion won the category now is yeah. is that is that is that correct like you know just, just for example the, the other things in that category were dark souls 3 deus ex mankind divine Dave Sex, Mankind Divided, Xenoblade Chronicles X, and World of Warcraft Legion? Like, like you know, I, I feel you at a certain point, right? Like, you know, is World of Warcraft forever disqualified from winning an award because it came out 12 years ago? Um, should this be in a separate DLC section? But is that even really fair, right? Like, you know, Europa Universalis has, a, you know, a dozen smaller content packs, whereas, like, Blood and Wine is a single big pack. Do you you weigh each of EU's content packs individually against Blood and Wine? Do you weigh them together in total? Um, yeah. Do you do you say that because it's had you know four expansions over the course of the year and each of them has kind of incrementally made the game better? Right. At what point? I don't. Man, I really don't know. I, you can make the same case about World of Warcraft just with patches, right? Like yeah. you know. Patch 7.1 yeah. comes Best out. RPG Patch 7.2. 7.1.5. 7. Right? <laughs> like, oh my god. And, and you know, like, it, it gets even worse when you think about it from, like, an esports perspective. Yeah. Right? What happens when League of Legends releases a patch in the year that is, like, considered the best patch, you know, that they've ever put out? Or they release a patch in the year that's considered garbage. I can think of two patches that have come out this year that have been considered that way, right? Like, it is so, it is really rough to parse all of these things. Um, anyway, we're going to stop asking these rhetorical questions, viewer, because it's just such a rabbit hole. Right? Yeah. Like, no, this I, is, you know. I wanted to bring up one more thing on the subject, and that's, I think this is important because, like, there's also this 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 this, this trend with games that, um, you know, there's, 
a, a season for it, right? For these big single-player games, Deus Ex, um, both Deus Exes, the, the, the older one and, and this one, um, Dishonored, um, I could probably name a dozen more if I thought about it, but, like, you know, the game comes out, and then a bunch of DLC comes out, like Mass Effect, right? Like, that, that changes the game, not radically, but enough that it makes it a fuller experience, and it's almost like, I feel like you want to have a category that's just, like, games that are actually finished because they're at the end of their their content cycle um yeah yep so i think that's an important thing to consider too right like yeah like, like you know deus ex human revolution with the boss fights fixed is you know is a perfect or is a more perfect version of the game than we got on release um and is that is, does that deserve extra i don't know you're right this is a rabbit hole that we could we could, we could spend years talking about uh yeah, and you know, and I don't have good answers to any of these questions. I think to a certain extent, you just got to be fucking arbitrary and go for it. Um, I think you could see something. Uh, I think one of the most efficient things that they could do is to break off in the same way that uh, like the Golden Globes breaks off comedies and dramas. You break off um, essentially, I guess, um, like multiplayer games and single player games and say they can't qualify against one another right you have to choose a focus so you know and this is easy for a game like league of legends but i think it would it would force a game like titanfall 2 to say you know what our single player game is it our focus our focus is on multiplayer that's where you should evaluate us um, well, well i i feel like that's that's up to the that's up to like you know the, the academy for lack of a better term right like i feel like if you separate the awards, you know, Titanfall could win both awards, probably won't, but like that's up to the, the judges to decide, right? You, you don't put that on the, uh, you don't, you don't put that on, on the, on the studio to decide, do you? Uh, you do for the, well, you do for some of these award ceremonies, for the ones that I'm kind of modeling this okay. on, yeah. Um, for instance, you know, like the famous one of this is that in the Golden Globes, I think like two years ago, maybe last year, I can't remember what year it was, um, I guess it was Fox submitted the martian as a comedy when it's like well is it really a i mean they laugh a couple of times you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. um where they you know and you try and game you kind of try and game the system a little bit like that um but yeah it is up to you to kind of submit it under whatever kind of this doesn't happen in the academy awards because in the academy awards things are just more pronounced um but like you know what defines best actor in a leading role versus best actor in a supporting role right you know th those definitions uh, are a little bit kind of up for grabs um but i think the 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 point i'm trying to make is actually i think that mutual exclusivity is the way to go okay. i think you should force mutual exclusivity and you try and you know, so you try and force these games to present themselves on one kind of facet of themselves, if that makes sense. Um, so that, you know, the, the, you know, whoever creates the game say, you know what, this is what we believe our game is. This is the purpose that, you know, we, we made for it, which is how we kind of avoid things like, you know, I don't think... You know, I, I could definitely see a category for best DLC, but I don't think The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt deserves to win best RPG just because it is DLC, right? Blood and Wine. Um, Blood and Wine, sorry. Yeah. I'm Blood and Wine. The Wild yeah. Hunt is the base game, right? Yeah, it, um, it won best RPG last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? You know, um, and I think that uh, I think that you when you can kind of bright line some of these things down, uh, you can really get into uh, yeah. you, know, you can I, I agree get with into, you into the weeds better. Um, I, I kind of disagree with you on putting that divide on multiplayer single player just because I think that, that that's a weird distinction to make for a lot of games like Borderlands 2, a lot more fun with friends, 
but is it a is it does it really is it a really a multi like Diablo right like you submit that as a I don't know you know see I I think at the end of the day the only way the only answer to that is to ask the studio what they want okay uh, and let them make their own decisions on what they think it is right I for instance I actually think Borderlands two I think two K would look at that Gearbox would look at that and say that's you know at the end of the day that's a single player experience um but I think that Diablo they would look at that and say at the end of the day that's a multiplayer experience and you know you kind of uh, uh, I don't know. You kind of like let that let that be that. Mm. Yeah, but I do think anyway. I just kind of like to get back to the base point. I do think that these are a good thing, and I think that these questions will need to be answered. But I do think that they they're they're questions that should be answered as opposed to being ignored and hope that like the answer pops out of like you know you know like or rather rather than not have game awards not address these questions. I think it's good that these these things exist, and and hopefully we just get through like you said, get through it with time. Um, right. Did, you, did we want to talk about the specific awards at all? Um, like, we've already talked about Best RPG kind of in the course of discussion. Um, but did you have any that you wanted to point out? Uh, I was hoping we might kind of go through a little bit. Uh, I mean, okay. so obviously Game of the Year. Um, the, the five the five uh, contenders, nominees, were Doom Inside, Overwatch, Titanfall 2, and Uncharted for A Thief's End. I think... An, oh, uh, this is the last point I want to make about kind of like problems. The other problem is that game length is so much more than movie length. You can send out a bunch of screen... You know, we can decide on nominees for what are the Oscars, right? And send out a ton of screeners to voters, right? And, you know, look, it is 20 hours to go through all of the Best Picture nominees. If there are 10 of them, there can be 5 to 10. Um, to go through all 10 Best Picture nominees, right? But, like, each one of those movies is two hours and it's going to bleed into all the other categories. But, like... All, like, these games are games that are going to be taking... One of them could take 20 hours, right? A, a, a DLC for one of them could take 20 hours kind of thing. Um, and so, at, you know, it, one of the hardest things about this is that it's almost hard to guarantee an equal playing field. Of this list, I have played two of these five games. Because, you know what? I, you know, Doom, Titanfall 2, and Uncharted 4 are extremely expensive in order for me to, you know, afford them and afford the systems that they play on, right? All of that other kind of stuff. And these things are big hurdles that are going to need to be uh, kind of sur surmounted in order to properly, I think. Um... Yeah, and I think there's also kind of like, in, in a weird way, uh, the problem of like, th there's no problem with movie watcher skill per se, right? Like, yeah. like, if I'm a bad shooter player and I go to play Overwatch for however long I think it takes for me to get a handle on that game, right? Like, if I have a bad experience because I'm bad at the game, does that mean the game's bad when like there are good people that are very good at it that are enjoying it because they've got mastery over the systems i think it's a real like like uh, like something like overwatch really puzzle like puzzles me from like a a, a rateability standpoint because like you know the game time on that game is infinite you know and, and your experience is largely going to be performance based um i don't know i think i i think that's it's, it's it's we we already went over this, but it's really hard to stack up like you know, some quitty trips, uh, some quitty quips from like a British chick and some innovative shooting mechanics versus like a monolith of story, like say like 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 uh, Uncharted Four had, or like you know the kind of explore exploration of human emotions that Inside is, right. um, and like I don't know, I don't know. It's you know it's actually kind of funny by the way. 
of this list, I'm a little bit of like, what the fuck is Inside doing on there? <laughs> like, it's not that good. <laughs> I know that's mean. I, you know, but I mean, it is kind of, I don't know. I think to a certain extent, we're going to see something of like a ghettoization of some of this stuff. I, like, I have a feeling that because shooters are kind of the dominant genre, that's one of the reasons that they were dominant in this game of the yeah. year category, right? Uh, maybe you'll get a breakthrough, right? Like the Skyrims of the world. I think obviously, you know, Mass Effect is a shooter, right? Uh, but like, you know, Mass Effect, but like, otherwise I think stuff is just going to kind of be in their like awards ghetto of saying like, oh, well, you know, of course, Civilization Six wins best strategy game, but it's never, you know, like it's never going to break into that um, uh, game of the that year. top five yeah. game of the year kind of. Stuff. Yeah, niche genres are, are automatically at a disadvantage. In, in the Academy Awards, we call these the technical awards. The technical awards are always go to things like Star Wars: The Force Awakens, <laughs> right? The Dark Knight, right? Like all of those kinds of things, where it's kind of like, like, okay, okay, you know, you're not gonna get that Best Picture nom, but okay, <laughs> have a Best Costume Design. Yeah. Um. All right, so that was Game of the Year. But but anyway, so Game of the Year of this year was Overwatch. Yes. Uh, how do you, how do you how do you feel about our game of the year? Are you in support? Um, so of the nominees, I have played three. Um, I don't know. I I, I can't. I guess like I, I can't go back into this without like going into a rant about how impossible it is to compare some of these games to each other. But like, part of that too is like the reason I think Overwatch. Part of why Overwatch is so impressive is. Also, the world they built around it, which isn't part of the game. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think this game wins Game of the Year without the shorts, right? Like, without the world that they built. Oof. I'm mad because that was literally the point I was going to make. I think uh, I think Overwatch really gets it. First of all, I think it kind of... If we're measuring kind of like the craters that are, that are you know, like, the impacts of these asteroids of these games on, like, the, the game's culture planet, right? The Overwatch crater is gigantic. Yeah. It has had such a huge impact on our culture, right? And sometimes, and, you know, in the same way that I think kind of, like, you know, the, like, um, I don't know, like, Titanic deserves to win Best Picture in 1998 because it just, it is such a huge, it has such a momentous impact on the way, like, and it just completely shakes up. You know, there's, there's a couple of wins that are like this too. Like Braveheart is also like this. Um, I think Overwatch kind of deserves it from like that perspective. And I think that, it, you know, it also kind of deserves credit from all, all of the ancillary stuff that they've put into it, right? Like, look, I liked Inside a lot-ish, but, um, you know, it wasn't a game that was as it wasn't a very above and beyond kind of game, but I don't think Blizzard had to do those shorts. I don't think they had to put out those comics, right? Um, I don't think that those characters have to be as well designed and kind of the inter in like interactions between them and all that stuff. Like I think all of that stuff is, uh, uh, you know, one hundred and ten percent kind of stuff, uh, and so I give it a lot of credit for that kind of going above and beyond that kind of, uh, you know, really catering, uh, and, and building a base of hardcore fans, you know, with just effort with elbow grease and, and, and nothing more. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I, that's that's a very cool metaphor you have, like like the uh, the the impact of the Astros. I, I think with that, you you've got me pretty sold that Overwatch is the one that deserves it for for that. I I, I buy that. Um, did you want to say anything else about best nope. game? Um, I mean, I didn't play I didn't play any of these other games. Even games like you know, I think Doom and Uncharted Four were both well reviewed, and I heard about them kind of in their moment. Uh, but I they've pretty pretty solidly fallen off the face of the planet. Um, you know, people don't really talk about, and that happens by the way, right? You know, like uh, uh, I think to a certain extent, it's easy to kind of forget something, but have it come kind of come back up and be like, oh hey, would you look at that, right? But Uncharted Four came out in like May, right? Doom came out I think in like February. Um, so these are games from a while ago that I think we've kind of moved past without without too much trouble. Yeah. Um, next next one is best game direction, which I think is a weird category. Yeah. <laughs> um, recognizing a game for outstanding creative vision, game direction, and design. Um, Overwatch, or rather Blizzard, won this for Overwatch. The other nominees were uh, Dice for Battlefield One, It Software for Doom. Naughty Dog for Uncharted 4, Thief's End, and Respawn for Titanfall 2. So, four of the same five for best game from, from Game of the Year. Yep. Um, you know, inside, obviously, uh, Inside switched out for uh, um, uh, Dice, Dice for yeah. Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, to be honest, this is actually pretty normal. It's kind of like you know, like all of the all of the the movies under Best Picture, right? All of their directors are nominated under Best Director, unless you're Ben Affleck. But. Yeah, this is this, <laughs> this also happened last year. It looks like, um, yeah, actually there was there was no even switch out last year. It was it was the same thing. Um, I, so I am happier about this category because I do think that each of these picks represents, um, except for maybe Uncharted, represents an actual kind of creative vision divergence, right? Overwatch is, is, you know, a cultural phenomenon, but kind of like, um, you know, you, you could say, talk all you want about, about similarities to team fortress too, but I do think that they kind of really, they might have built the first, but they built kind of like the, the current pinnacle of character shooters. Um, and they really pushed that genre in a direction. Um, battlefield one, tried something new i don't think they were so successful at it because they ultimately stuck the formula a little bit too much but you know world war one is something we hadn't done um doom is a kind of return return to classic form um uh while, while keeping it fresh right it's, it's, it's the old style of shooter um and i think that's a kind of a bold you know sometimes going backwards can be a bold direction too um and titanfall 2 is similarly is just a, a different type of shooter right a highly mobile shooter that kind of switches between on foot and mech combat i think that that's enough of a new direction to kind of really appreciate um the, the kind of divergence in directions that these games do so i i'm i'm happy with this category and like like you said before like i, I think overwatch kind of clearly wins on on like you know the direction that that pushes in but i, I think these are all good nominations in a good category overall yeah i really wish that this was people uh is is i guess the thing okay. right like i wish that the project lead right jeff kaplan um, uh, or like, you know, like, let's say Hearthstone is in here, Ben Brode, right? Uh, whatever. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Watcher, uh, for like World of Warcraft, right? I think that a lot of these guys, um, you know, kind of Ghost Crawler, Morello for League of Legends, uh, Yoshi P for Final Fantasy 14. I think that these guys are 
uh, like as it becomes clear that like open communication on like the forums all the time and having this stuff come from kind of people rather than PR teams um, is effective. Uh, I think as that happens, we're going to start to see kind of like game directors or whatever we want to kind of standardize the the, the nomenclature to be uh, to be the best way to communicate this category. Um, you know, and in the, you know, I, I I don't know. People are probably gonna get mad. At, well, what about all the designers in Blizzard, right? Like this is all for those designers too. Yeah, but I really don't like this going to studios. Uh, I think that's just I I I you know, if you want to tell me, I actually think that there's a couple of a, a lot to be honest uh, of stuff that's not being hit on here that should be. Um, you know, kind of like the technical categories um, are in the Oscars, but like, you know, best VFX, right? Like all that kind of stuff, right? Like best animations. I think that all of those categories deserve to be categories in and of their own right. Uh, and deserve to kind of be, um, uh, you know, kind of evaluated on those terms, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I, I see that. Um, I think you could maybe split it, um, in a way to, to get that, but I, I see what you're saying. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, best narrative, which is Firewatch Inside, which I don't believe belongs in this category. Mafia Three, Oxen Free, and Uncharted Four. You don't uh, a Thief's End. You don't th you don't think that Oxen or that Inside belongs in this category? No, I don't think it had a very good. I mean, it had a it had a narrative, but in a very uh, kind of uh, bare bones way, I guess. You know, it's just kind of like you know. The, Look, that whole game was was about was was about like the mystery of the narrative, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, but I mean, if you want, like, like, look, if narrative, I, I think narrative includes to a certain extent, kind of like the setting and stuff like that, right? Um, and the, and it is it is an ethereal thing, but to me, right, like, and spoiler alert, Inside wins it in the category that I think it's supposed to win it, which is art direction. Okay. I think that uh, that atmosphere and all that stuff, right? But to me, that's not narrative, right? You know, for instance, I've talked about this a couple of times, but you've got uh, the Aristotle's Poetics where you break down to story, character, setting, um, uh, shit, story, character, setting, theme, uh, you know, like, essentially kind of spectacle, uh, and essentially kind of like, you know what I mean? But there's a couple of different categories. To me, uh, Inside doesn't have a strong story, right? It has a strong atmosphere. It, 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 is, a, it is a great world. And I think the art direction encompasses that for the purposes okay. of, the, of the Game Awards. I buy but that. The narrative doesn't. Uh, and when I compare it to something, I, I haven't actually played this game, but Mafia 3. When I compare, compare it to something like Mafia 3, which has a very, very, like, like, complicated complex narrative beginning to end right it has all of these themes about racism the game is set in 1968 new orleans right uh with you know complex characters complex morality right and it's because it's like a 60 plus hour game it has the room to kind of make all of that stuff happen um and I think there are plenty of games, you know, the Banner Saga is a game that I think would have, a, probably deserves whatever win it, it would get for whatever year it came out. I think it was like 2014, right? Um, but that, you know, that is a much more kind of bare bones narrative. But to me, the narrative of Inside uh, isn't actually a narrative. Or the narrative that is being, sorry, uh, 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 nominated for it isn't actually a narrative. I think it's being nominated on its atmosphere and kind of world building stuff. Okay, I buy that. Um, I haven't played any of these games besides Inside, so I can't really talk to 
narrative on it. I just, you know, I, I feel like I feel like more than any of these other categories, you need to have experienced these games to really speak to 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 which narrative worked best. That's um, fair. I've watched. I've I, I've been very interested actually in Mafia Three, so I've looked into it a lot. Um, I never actually got around to buying it or playing it because it's expensive. But uh, uh, suffice to say that the the critique and the reviews and everything. Uh, there's a great 20 minute video, maybe more than it's like 25 minutes, Aaron, of Aaron Signal, uh, one of our you know recommended games culture people where he goes super in depth into everything that's going on in mafia three um so that, yeah. that, that's one of your recommendations don't don't pin me to that uh, uh, wow that i mean that's just because you don't have good taste in recommenders i have I great i have great taste super best friends <laughs> is all i need <laughs> um they recommended super bunny hop so i started listening to him um <laughs> Not you. I recommend. What the fuck? I recommend Super Bunny yeah, Hop. Yeah, but I didn't start listening to him until he was on the Super Best Friends. <laughs> See, that's your fault for not picking up on my beautiful, beautiful recommendations. Yeah, well, I think that the Super Best Friends made him. They're the ones that are, I think are responsible for that that ramen shop gif um, that will be forever in his videos. But anyway, um, <laughs> best art direction. Um, uh, so, I so. Uh, winner is Inside. Other ones are Abzu, Firewatch, Overwatch, and Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Um, I kind of wonder if... I think Overwatch has excellent art direction. In fact, I could see it winning this category. Um, I kind of wonder if Inside... Like, like is, is, you, you tell me, is this a thing where, like, because Inside didn't win another category, that it sh and this is the only category it could th really win. It should win this category. That is a, that is a very real effect. Uh, that's something that like does happen sometimes, where people will kind of give almost like like pity awards to things. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I think Inside kind of deserves it. I think for Overwatch sure. also deserves it, but I think actually for very different reasons. Oh, the the art direction in Overwatch is good because from a multiplayer perspective, right. The way that they communicate information visually is, you know, from, from a service, you know, like, are they doing a good service to their players, right? right? Are they properly communicating that information so that players can make tactical and strategic decisions, right? That stuff, to me, in Overwatch is amazing, right? Uh, a game like League of Legends is also amazing at this. I think it's actually one of the... One of the I, I think League of Legends having better art direction in general uh, is one of the things that kind of gave it an edge over, uh, over Dota, uh, kind of in the original... Or you're like Heroes of New Earth, right? Some of the other kind of versions of this. In the original versions of some of these MOBA games. Um, but um, I think it is weird to compare to me, right? The immersive world that gets created in a game like Inside versus the the kind of utilitarian art direction that goes into a game like Overwatch, uh, which is a little bit of why I kind of like a split between multiplayer and single-player games because they have such okay, radical different saying. purposes uh, along those lines. Uh, see, but, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit. I think Overwatch's art direction is also perfect for its world. I think that even standing alone, its art direction is, is pretty great. Maybe, maybe not award-winning when compared to to okay. Inside, I, but I do think that the, the character designs are, are, are pretty impeccable um, for that world. You, well, so, okay, 
I also agree that those characters designs are good. But to a certain extent, I think those character designs are particularly good specifically because they also have tasks to accomplish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. look, tanks have bigger hitboxes because that's what tanks are, right? It's the reason that those hitboxes are those hitboxes, right? The the They all have, you know, the, these character designs are so unique and instantly recognizable, right? Like, you know, Tracer is very lithe up top but has, right, uh, I, uh, this is a good, bad example to start on because there's all of these connotations. Um, okay, uh, different different point uh reaper has a different silhouette than mccree because you need to be able to compare the two of them to one another right and say and see from afar and, and snap recognize no matter what you know like no matter what costume he's wearing or whatever right like what skin what skin he's wearing that's a reaper right that's a mccree right um and that's why even even among the different costumes, they still keep the the same basic shape, right? There's not there's not a Reaper thing where he doesn't have the two shotguns looking like the two shotguns and the cape with the little kind of cleft at the bottom of it. You know what? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Right. I think that's that's you know the utilitarian aspect that goes into a lot of these character designs. And in the same way that I think, right, like you know, Tracer having big expressive eyes kind of gives her a Disney princess look, which kind of makes her one of the go-to, you know, like, it's easy to empathize with Tracer compared to Symmetra, whose eyes are hidden to a certain extent, right? Uh, or, like, or Widowmaker, whose eyes are narrowed, right? Like, w Widowmaker's eyes, from just, like, a, like a world-building perspective, denote her as being, right, essentially evil, right? Tracer's eyes denote her as being good, if that makes sense. And I think both of those aspects in those character designs go into, kind of feed into one another, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I, the, the only thing I'd point out with that is that, like, while you're correct, that the, the, those, like, a square is also different silhouette than a triangle, and you can do that, like, stylishly, or you can do that basically, and I think they did it stylishly in Overwatch, right? Like, I, I, I think they managed to incorporate good thematic elements of the characters while while maintaining those utilitarian elements and I think that's I think that's important and and impressive um but yeah but yeah um next up is soundtrack um for outst or let me read the full title best music slash sound design for outstanding audio inclusive of score original song licensed soundtrack and sound design one by doom um, other... I got, I got nothing for this one. Yeah, I don't either. Battlefield, Inside, Res Infinite, and Thumper. I don't even know what Thumper is. I don't even know what Thumper is. Um, uh, best Performance, which is an, a category I like, and I think it's a good one, but it's also weird and interesting. Uh, this one went to Nolan North as Nathan Drake. He also threw some shade at, uh, uh, uh I read some headlines about how he threw shade at the, the, the voice actor strike. Um, in his acceptance speech, really? so on you, Nolan North. Yeah, I mean, he basically, you know, so the, the tag for the voice actor strike is, like, hashtag, like, performance matters. Right, right, um, right. 
uh, and uh, and he said, you're like, oh, well, like, performance matters. And then he listed off, right, like, you know, the animators and these guys, you're like, the, 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 you know, the game designers, their performance also matters. And it matters more than mine, which I thought was oh, funny. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right, though? Um, um, just for completeness, every, it was Alex Hernandez, it's Lincoln Clay, Mafia 3, Sissy Jones is Delilah and Firewatch, Emily Rose as Elena in Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Rich Summer as Henry in Firewatch, and Troy Baker as Sam Drake in Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Wow. Six entries, three di- three games. Um, the, the, <laughs> um, fucking, fucking Uncharted 4 gets everything. Um... But yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I haven't played any of these games, so I can't. I can't speak to them. Funnily enough, I have a good sense for. I like. I you know. I watch a lot of television. I watch a lot of movies. I understand what makes for a good voice acted performance and and for a bad one, right? Uh, ironically, you know. So I just saw Moana. Um, uh, uh, the Rock was much better at, at, at being a voice actor than I gave him than I thought he would. Right. I think a lot of the times you get conventional actors in a voice actor studio and they're bad. Right. Um, but. Uh, when it comes to games, it's actually even weirder because mocap is so commonly associated with stuff, right? For instance, Michael Mondo, who did um, – ah, shit. What's his name? Uh, Michael Mondo uh, was um, – for Far Cry Far Cry 3. I can't remember the – Voss. He was Voss in Far Cry 3, who was this, the breakout character. Oh, so interesting. So cool. Really made that game just, you know, great. Um, would he have been so good without the mocap aspect of that? And how does that play into performance, right? Sissy Jones as Delilah and Firewatch is, you hear her entirely through a walkie-talkie. So I don't, I don't have a good sense of how that i i don't know it's just the, the this is also something that's a little bit up in the air for me uh when it comes to evaluating stuff yeah yeah but uh i don't i i do think it's hard to kind of speak to it when you haven't played the games like you can't get a sense for the performance obviously if you know what the performance is fair enough um next category is games for impact <laughs> love i love this category honoring I love this category exemplary <laughs> games that take on real world issues and advocate for social change the winner was that dragon cancer on uh, runners up were 1979 revolution a block hood orwell and sea hero quest um i have played none of these games so i I've played precisely zero of these games i think there are plenty of games that deserve to be you know for instance uh do you know that what was that police game that came out? Virginia from the Papers, Please, guys. Oh, oh, uh, we're the police. I think it's what it's called. We we are the police. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for instance, I you know I I think it's 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 a very tough thing. That Dragon Cancer obviously is literally about right like a social issue that's like kind of hitting us today, but like. You know, We Are the Police is a little bit more kind of in the clouds than that. And, you know, I wonder, you know, so a game like Mass Effect, essentially to me, I love this category because it's basically what game had really good themes, right? Um, I think of a game like Mass Effect 2 as having great themes, right? I think a game, I, a game last year, right, I gave StarCraft II Legacy of the Void so much credit because I thought its, it's themes were so interesting and complex. Um, and I wonder if a game like that would ever make it on this list. I think this game is actually secretly, like, indie games 
Yeah, like, I, I think that I think yeah, I right, think this like, list is yeah. Like, if you want to talk about a game that talked about like real world issues and advocated for social change, I think Mafia Three might belong on that list. Yeah, um, exactly. God, that game was such a uh, yeah. It was all about racism, right? I mean, you can I even mean, Overwatch, you know, I, right? Like, I'm the crisis, yeah, right? Like, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, allegories, yeah. people. <laughs> I know. Uh, I don't think it'll ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think so. I think calling it games for impact kind of sets the stage correctly. I think calling it best theme would would get raise some people's heckles. Um, I 100% agree with you. Um I do think it's good to kind of have a category for this. Like yep. like I am not against a category that is essentially um games with a message that are small indie games. Um I I yeah. think that's fine. Um I I yep, I am I am with you 1000%. You get zero argument from me. Um next up on the list speaking of which is best independent game for outstanding achievement in a, uh, in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Um winner is Inside from Play Dead. Uh, runners surprise, up surprise. are Firewatch, Hyperlight Drifter, The Witness and Stardew Valley. Um I think this category can fall into some dangers. Um moving forward because um you know inside is a very good game and i would not argue that it does not deserve this reward but i think you can also argue that stardew valley deserves its this award stardew valley does not have the type of atmosphere or theming that is a pure gameplay award you would be giving it to stardew valley for and i think that you're typically going to see more kind of like uh you know uh what's the right word more more art awards in this category then you are going to see gameplay awards and i think that can that that's kind of a shame um if that makes sense yeah i i i feel that um i don't know but part of me wonders if a game like shovel knight would have taken this a couple of years ago um that's that's a good point you know like i because i think there's a couple of different kinds of like indie games you know what i will take that back rocket league won it last year (laughs) so you know yeah Um, well fair enough i guess over Uh, over her story um axiom verge or in the Blind Forest and Undertale. So you know what? Man, these people really, really, really like Inside. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't play any of these other games or anything, but uh, uh, I, I, I understand. I understand what you're coming from. I think I what I would actually really like to see from a kind of uh, uh, like this is like kind of like best newcomer essentially. Uh, I think that would be. I think that would be an awesome way to kind of okay. frame this. Uh, best mobile handheld, which I have a lot of problems with. The winner is Pokemon Go, but the uh, you know the kind of runner-ups here are Clash Royale, Fire Emblem Fates, Monster Hunter Generations, and Severed. Uh, so uh, Pokemon Go winning this makes that's stupid. That's so really dumb. I I just have a problem with this category. I don't see how you put like serious Nintendo. Like it's only Nintendo now. So or and, you know there's I guess Davida still exists, but like I don't see how you put serious handheld games in the same category as mobile games like i don't not yep. say that there aren't good mobile games and yep. um but like it, it's just like I, I think that that that's just way too disparate right like monster hunter generations is like a 120 hour game fucking you know like clash royale is like a is i guess technically an endless game but like you know games in this genre are, are not of the same scale or scope but i think putting them in the same category is kind of disingenuous um, and I don't think Pokemon Go is very good, so you know, you I've I've got that going for me too. 
Which yep, I agree with I'm you on that. so super down. I'm one million percent in uh, uh, in your in your camp when it comes to this stuff. I also don't know what severed is. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, next is best. But, but yeah, best VR game went to Res Infinite um, over Thumper, Job Simulator, Eve Valkyrie, and Batman Arkham VR. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm just kind of looking down the rest of this. Are there any, because we're kind of running out of time, are there any that you want to talk, any of these categories, any of these games, anything like that that you like want to, want to get into? Um, um, not really. How um, do you feel about most anticipated game as a category? Um, I don't think that should be an award. I think that's, that's, that's like bullshit. straight advertising bait. <laughs> yeah, like, yep. And, you know, I have to say, I actually think it's a good category in the sense of, listen, I money is a thing. Jeff Keighley has to pay for this shit yeah. somehow, right? You know, uh, and so the idea that uh, the idea that he basically sells a category to be, you know, so, God of War, uh, you know, Horizon to, to, to Bioware – or whatever to kind of get slots in and get a little advertising. See, I don't like. I actually really that's like, like a bad. It's like a. It's like an evil <laughs> that I'm willing to accept. <laughs> See, I, I like like you know that the Breath of the Wild and the the Death Stranding trailers came out here. I think that kind of community stuff and that kind of you know you might call it evil. I think that 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 kind of sell sell outiness is fine and good, right? Like I don't mind the trailers, but this category is just kind of like. It's literally zero. It's like, oh, I'm the best advertising team. Oh, boy, you all like your Nintendos? Hooray, Zelda won again. Yay. It's like, Ugh. yeah, I don't know. So yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you is about these kind of right past that. Um, one, the eSports e ones kind of as a whole, and two, like the uh, um, the, the trending gamer. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what that's about. I, I really don't get that. I don't get so. Uh, so what, I don't get esports player or even esports team. So I, I think what this is trying to do is this is supposed to be this. This is not trying to be necessarily just the games awards. I think this is supposed to be like the gaming community awards, and I think this is you know Jeff Keeley um, trying to recognize that a big part of this community are streamers and let's players and those types of and YouTubers and that's Fair where enough. trending gamer comes from. And also that's where all this esports stuff comes from. Like esports is rapidly becoming a big part of the video gaming scene. This mm -hmm. is this is weird, right? Like this is like, you know, best football team from the Academy Awards. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a weird category. But you know what? Honestly, look, the Academy Awards has best documentary, right? And I yeah. think that th th this fits in that exact same kind of category. Um <laughs> The only other thing I wanted to bring up... Wait, there was another thing I wanted to bring up, but I can't remember what it is looking at these uh, anymore. Um, oh, I think Total War Warhammer got fucking robbed. Oh, I, I don't think Civilization deserves that win. I think it gets that win just kind of on pedigree. Uh, I think Total War Warhammer is the better game. Uh, fucking fight me! Uh, <laughs> I don't, fight I, me! <laughs> so I don't think it gets robbed. I can see the argument, but I, I don't. I don't think Total War Warhammer is so stupendous as to as to claim it got robbed. I don't. Know. I mean, I think I think really just every year that Europa Universalis doesn't win this award, 
It's getting. It is in the process of getting robbed. So yeah. that whole that whole that whole category is a fucking sham, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, every year that you're, you know, I. So you, you and I, I guess, will fight eternally over CK two versus <laughs> E four. But, but I think we can both. You know, agree honestly, that even if Paradox CK, got yeah. snubbed here, right? Like, yeah, Paradox a- got hardcore snubbed. Nothing in in RPG, right? They put out. Uh, they put out a Tyranny. bunch of RPGs this year. Uh, Tyranny, which has been great so far, even though I have a lot of problems with it uh, that I will want to talk about. No EU4, no CK2, no Stellaris. No, right. no. oh my god, no Stellaris. They fucking forgot, right? Like, Jesus, Hearts of Iron isn't yeah. in there, man? Like, man, Paradox. So wrong. <laughs> Paradox, you just stuff Jeff, Jeff Keeley's dick more or something. Yeah, yeah, come on. I, it's because they're foreign, dude. That's yeah. Why. They're not. They're. They are a not Japanese foreign. Uh, foreign company. Yeah. Um. But yeah. On to our yeah. weeks, I guess. On to our weeks. Yeah, I wanted to save at least a little bit of time for our weeks. Um, uh, how was your week, dude? What'd you uh, What'd you do? Well, um, I played some D and D. Wait, shit! Right, we played D and D. Fuck! This is why I wanted to do weeks. I kind of forgot about this, and I was like, wait, why did I want it? No, because we had a we had a we had a session. Let's let's night. let's do Rune Lords real quick first. Rune Lords. We... Oh right, fucking stupid Rune Lords <laughs> getting in the way. We talking about House Rebels. <laughs> we fought some stuff. That was it. It's pretty clear that like we're in kind of the end phase of the campaign. We're just having fun tooling on stuff as super high level characters, and that's yep. fun. But I don't think there's a lot of talk to talk about there. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with leaving it at that if you are. I am super okay with leaving it at that. And then in Health Rebels, you guys uh, uh, went to kind of confront the serial killer or whatever. So, um, so buddy, I, ha- I have to ask this, uh, yeah. Yeah. this million-dollar question. So we fight our way into the serial killer, and we, we end up fighting this pox demon of some sorts. Um, and you know, yeah, after, It's called the Savager Demon. Uh, He's a badass. A Savager Demon. <laughs> At the end of the session, the Savager Demon runs away. The million-dollar question is, is was he supposed to run away when you started the session? Yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't think he was? Oh, like, um, uh, so uh, Charles, Charles is my roommate. He plays Alaric. And we're talking about it. And we were both pretty sure that that fight went south further than you expected it to. And him running away was a... uh, Oh, no, 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 no. Uh... I don't really want to reveal this. I want to reveal this a little bit. This encounter would have played out differently if you had prioritized differently. Okay. You, it, because it, because if you had if you had tackled this number one, you would have essentially stopped him b- w- without without any trouble. Right. 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 Um, but because you put this at at the last, this is essentially the fact that you are dealing with. You were gonna deal with. Uh, spoiler alert, right? Like the Savager Demon uh, was something that was going to happen, not necessarily here, but at some point, right? Like maybe in book four, right? right, right. Like something happened, right? But like the, it, it, it was a monster. I was always always ready and planning to use, right? right, um, right. But the only reason it came out specifically here is as a as a kind of period on the end of the sentence of you lost um, in the sense of, right. He successfully completed the ritual. That's the danger. If you, if you guys get to the bottom here and kill the savager demon, he's what, what is the threat, right? There, there's no punishment essentially for prioritizing this wrong, but with this, when the savager demon gets to get out and get away, right now, he actually does have the opportunity to infect the city. And that's a problem that you guys, you know, are going to have to worry about and kind of see the, see the, 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 uh, uh end results of. Okay. Um, interesting. Also, I, by I the thought, way, I thought this was something we were going to have to deal with much more imminently than that. Like you, you make it sound like this is kind of going to be like a, an ongoing threat. 
Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, the 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 threat of the Savager Demon actually was wasn't even supposed to be. Um, it wasn't even supposed to be really a fight, sort of. Uh, it was more actually supposed to be a cinematic. But what happened was, you guys, your the the final fight down here was actually supposed to be Sabo, um, uh, and uh, but you guys used Ariandis to delay the kill by one week, which meant that you so uh, which meant that you guys uh, he needed two two more exsanguinated bodies in order to in order to win, right? But if he had killed a fourth person that Ariandis doesn't pre present himself, when Sabo comes to him, he is committed suicide and summoned the Savager Demon anyway. You come in, the Savager Demon essentially skitters away, like you see it, but it still skitters, skitters away, and then you fight Sabo, right? Uh, okay. and, and her kind of Asmodian flunkies. But because he needed another kill, that kills Sabo, which means that the final fight down here is giving you a kind of advanced opportunity to tussle with the Savager Demon, so now you essentially know its mechanics and how to fight it for when you have to tussle with it in the, in the future. So that's, a, that is okay. the, it, 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 your fight here is the reward for the, I've really revealed a lot. <laughs> your your no. fight here is the, is the reward for uh, uh, good strategy and thinking through the kind of problem in general. I, 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 th I think that kind of feedback though is, is valuable. And I, I'd like to see a way, I, I don't know if there's a good way for you to kind of um, introduce that um, other than kind of like, a, you know, Beauregard, make an intelligence check. All right. You figured it out. Um, uh, to be honest, well, what do you mean? Like, I think, I think, kind of like the feedback of you guys did some things right. Obviously, by putting it last, there's some consequence to that. But you guys did some things right. You, like, you know, having Ariandas go and and delay the kill was a thing that was done right, and that that gave you some reward. But that's also something that that's kind of hard to read as a player, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's something that will, it won't necessarily be read, but it will kind of subconsciously be felt. For instance, I fully expect you guys to prepare, you know, like, I really shouldn't say this, but the obvious thing to do is to go get potions of delayed poison for everyone. And so that cold if you iron. Have to fight. Yeah, so if you, yeah, so if you have to fight the Savager Demon again... You can all pop a potion of delay poison because he stacks it up so quickly, right? You know, if you just see the cinematic, you don't understand the threat on how quickly he can stack poison on you guys, right? right? right. Because his whole shtick is obviously stacking poison, draining it out, stacking poison, draining it out, kind of. Um, but uh, uh, but because you got to see the fight, now you can kind of appropriately prepare. Part, to be honest, part of me actually kind of hates that as a GM because to a certain extent. And and you lucked into this almost because Jimmy thought this problem through beforehand. Like he deserves a lot of credit for taking delay poison when he leveled up to level six and using it proactively in this fight. If this was a fight where you guys, everybody was getting poisoned and you had no recourse for it, it probably wouldn't have turned as south as it did. Right. But now you guys essentially have the kind of strategy key to defeating the encounter. Um, and even though that kind of robs the encounter of some of its stakes, essentially in the future, I definitely I don't want to steal from you uh, the reward of proper tactics and strategy. Sure, but I, so but my point is more like it's it's hard to know. Like it is hard to feel kind of like the weight of our choices without kind of seeing into that, right? Like um, it's it's hard to to see like that the things that we did made this kind of happen the way it did without you telling this to me, right? Like I mm -hmm. would, I would not have picked up on any of this if you hadn't said it to me. And I think, 
I think, you know, I feel like, you know, now I feel satisfied about the way that this played out because I think, you know, oh, we did smart things and that worked in our favor. And I think it's kind of important in a way to telegraph that. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know how you do it other than having like somebody roll an intelligence check and deduce the what happened or like maybe a note somewhere. Like, yeah, you know, like a suicide really note, no yeah. a suicide note that says, uh, I guess I'm going to have to get another one because I was foiled by those dastardly whatevers. Those meddling yeah, to kids a certain extent, and their uh, To a certain extent, I like, well, to a certain extent, the way that it ended with just kind of the Dotari coming in and letting you do what you want. It's also a little bit of that, right? Yeah. Um, it could have gone more, sa- you know, it could have gone more south than this yeah, uh, yeah. if it had been a little bit different. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I totally see what you're saying. Um, you can you can feel free to report to the other players that uh, that uh, the reason that that all worked out was because of the specific like those were the specific oh, steps you, that went into it. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna say there's important information in this podcast and not tell them what it is. You listen to the whole thing and then at the very end get it explained to them. That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I you know, I also think um, uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, because I like showing you guys. I this is the, the, this is what happened with the Shade Devils, actually, or whatever they're called. Shade Devils, Shade Demons, uh, whatever they are. Whatever, whatever the devils that get summoned that Charles hates, right? Yeah. When those first came out, and you didn't know what the mechanics to them were, right? They were a very dangerous thing to be fighting. Right. Uh, but then you saw them, I think, two more times progressively, and when once you had figured them out. It, it was a lot easier to deal with them. Right. And I really, really like using monsters in that okay. way, right? I like showing you the the monster mechanics and then kind of, Because I think it's an easy way to uh, kind of, uh, like from a mechanics perspective in the middle of combat, show your characters learning and growing, right? Because something that was challenging to them two levels ago um, and really kind of gave the party a run for his money is now just kind of like a mook that you guys burn through without too much trouble. Um, and to a certain extent, like this, you know, this is what volatile hellhounds are. You were supposed to fight volatile hellhounds in the uh, uh, in the thing with uh, the noble house, uh, and the whole question was kind of like, will the volatile hellhounds blow up essentially blow up and set fire to this noble house because they're so crazy or whatever? But now you get to see them here because they, you know, I very much intend to be using them and their mechanics later in the line, and I like and I like showing you them as they work and then reincorporating them later. I think. Um, so yeah no i i think that's i think that's that's cool i honestly i thought that there was some mechanic that we missed in that in 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 the savage or demon fight like i thought like you know it occurred to me like maybe you're like oh you could look at the boxes maybe there was something in the boxes that would have you know you know helped us deal with with the savage or like you know I, i like in the same way that like you know there was the light switch mechanic for the dragon Mm, um, yeah, I thought yeah. that maybe there there was a mechanic like that that we were missing for the demon that we were just trying to brute force through it. Um, but not, but knowing knowing that what, what the intention of the of the fight was, I don't know, it it feels better now. Um, and I don't I, I don't know I don't I don't know the right way to express it. Um, I yeah I think that I, I think I think a, a little... lot of this is also a little bit too much of like. You know, being through the looking glass as an experienced player and being just like, oh, was that like, was that a runaway to save the party type thing? And like, I, I, when those things are a little too. Oh, wait, you thought it was a runaway to save the party? 
Yeah, no, like like Charles and I thought like ma- oh, we thought we were bombing this fight so hard that you made it run away so we didn't TPK. You know what's actually funny? When you said that, I thought it was the opposite. Oh. I actually I no, thought no, no, you no, guys no. were doing more damage to this avenger than I expected. To be honest, that uh, to be honest, it was sort of built to be that way because so in my head, right? You approach this fight without delay poison or anything like that. Everybody gets a ton of stacks of burning blood, and all of a sudden it's like. And you get you get wrecked, but the but the thing doesn't care, right? All it wants to do is infect you with the savathage and leave, right? So it's not okay. going to stay there to kill you. But maybe you get infected. You have to buy some potions of remove disease, kind of thing, right? You're making all these saves, right? Some of the some of the MPs. So okay. that, that is something that could have happened, but that really didn't happen. I mean, he the so he probably would have lost if he stuck around. I think it would have. Uh, so so lost. so from my perspective, when he ran away. Um, you know, we had, uh, we had, um, uh, uh, Weirin's, not, yeah, Weirin, um, stunned, f- or was it Weirin or Mar- It was Maragrog. It was Maragrog stunned for three rounds, mm-hmm. um, Rakak stunned for three rounds, and then I can't do anything because I can't pierce his DR, and Alar can't do anything because, you know, like, he's, he's a demon and he's resistant to every fucking single type of elemental damage, and mm-hmm. so I thought he was just gonna, like, slowly, like, you know, do his thing, stun Weirin, and, like, just slowly murder us each one by one if it came down to it, right? Because, like, I literally... Man. I literally can't do anything in that situation. There is... So, there is a strategy. I don't want to reveal this. No, of course. Uh, don't. Please don't. There is, a, there is a strategy here that I think you're, just, like... You, this might be one of those things that you'll kick yourself for not seeing it. But there's a strategy here to kind of help you guys get through that bit of it, I guess. Is there is there uh, a way to unstun those two that I'm not thinking of? Is there, yeah. Uh, you, is this just that aided ac- another action? Is that is that yeah? Is okay, that okay. Action? Yeah. Okay. That that See, that is why I forgot about at the time. Yeah, yeah. That is what that is. Uh, that's why I had the long duration stuff. So the other thing is, he's actually not supposed to. He got a cup. So this fight went well for the Savage Demon in the sense that he got a couple of stacks of boiling blood on people super quickly because people were failing saves. Um, in, on, like. Like the fact that those acid spits, he had two acid spits right off the bat that put three saves on, or that put three stacks on like four people without any saves because everyone is flat footed and he that was just like, but that's just a trick of the surprise round plus the initiative and how right, that right. happened and how that broke down. Um, so he kind of got lucky to a certain extent, um, okay. but uh, he he is not supposed to build stacks as ridiculously quickly. But it's also one of those things where, you know, you also kind of have to manage how in melee you are with him. Um, you know, like, like the, the design behind these mechanics, just to explain it, uh, the design behind these mechanics of when you hit a beastman, the blood kind of spurts out to everyone in the five foot is so that melee combat for people isn't just rush get in melee, stay in melee with 100% uptime. You have to you have to think about, well, maybe I want to hang back, right? You if, if, Rakox at five stacks has to think about it. Well, maybe I want to get out of melee, right? Or in order to in order to keep stacks off and I'll trade, we'll do a tank swap, right? Marigrug will move in because he he's low on stacks and then I'll swap in, right? That kind of thinking is what's supposed to be going in. There's a bunch of, I've, I've had a couple of monsters that have these mechanics, obviously. The Volatile Hellhound have a way, way, way easier version of this mechanic. But that is what that mechanic is yeah, there okay. to be built for. Because otherwise, melee, melee players just, you know, it is just a... Uh, uh, the the flow chart is are you in melee with something no 
get in melee with something. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's all fair. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I also don't think that that design has really come across to a certain extent. Like, I, I would expect that if I were to have asked that question of players, they wouldn't quite have gotten it. But I have no problem punishing people by having just ridiculous amounts of stacks get get on them until they figure it out <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I, um, the only other thing uh, – did, did you want to talk about anything else with that session? Oh. No, that was all of it. I really, I really like this average demon. I've really gotten into designing monsters. I used to fucking hate this, but now, but now that I've kind of given myself leeway to just create mechanics, yeah, on the uh, to to just create mechanics because I can, uh, it's a lot more fun and a lot more interesting. Uh, on, I, honestly, I enjoy it much more. Honestly, it like understanding your monsters requires um, a different kind of mindset when approaching, which is fine. I think it actually kind of spices up Pathfinder to me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, but kind of just before we really run out of time, rest of my week, um, rest of your week, did you want to shout out any game, any video games? The one thing I wanted to shout out, uh, but I would like to, you know, I'd like to revisit this in the future, is this Facebook Arcade thing. I really love that Facebook has uh, integrated these games, like, into, or whatever, into their... Uh, messenger stuff and all that i it is so cool it is so interesting uh we actually have a friend who works at facebook for the messenger game so we're going to try and get him on as a uh, as, as a special guest of uh of the podcast but um but yeah that's 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 how i feel well i am less enthusiastic about facebook messenger games but i have i played this week i played fury um almost to completion it is a boss rush game it is fabulous especially if you like action games i think it, it has a lot of really cool elements of boss design um i think i think at some point in the future if if you can get it on sale um you should play it we should do an episode on boss design because i think it touches on some really cool things um i also have started to play final fantasy 15 and man that i haven't played a lot of it but that opening is strong like just kind of like this you know bunch of bros not not even bros like that, that's that's a little bit too dismissive but like 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 when i say bros i mean like you know the, the the quintessential male experience of like you know you and your friends going on a road trip um and then uh, the opening scene is the car breaks down and like they all are pushing it together and like bitching at each other the whole time and stand by me plays and it's perfect um i am super impressed and i'm really looking forward to uh to, to playing some more of that game. I, I am blown away in a way and expected, I didn't expect to be. So, um, uh, I can't, uh, you know, even though I, I work at the company or whatever, I can't play it cause I do not own one of the requisite consoles, one of the requisite consoles. Uh, but I have heard very similar things and I'm glad to hear it. Something that I actually like that I'm hearing from people is how much people appreciate. It's like, Somebody, I, I read a tweet earlier today from somebody that was like, oh my god, I love Final Fantasy XV, right? Like, I just got up, you know, like, I, I got up in the morning, I completed a quest by getting up in the morning and hanging out with one of my bros and us remarking on how great, like, the sunrise is or something like that. <laughs> and I just love, you know, like, just the fact that, like, somebody was willing to, you know what I mean, like, that, that, that is, that is great. Uh, he, 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 this is from, 
uh, just to put this in context for you, this is from Film Crit Hulk, and he said, Final Fantasy XV is the Magic Mike XXL the game, which is a movie that he fucking loved. Uh, but yeah, what? It, uh, man, I want to actually find the... Um, I want to find the, the quote because it's fucking hilarious. There's a sequence where, where there, there was just a sequence where a bro takes another bro out for a morning run to make him more responsible and appreciate morning light. And I just, you know, I like the, hearing that there are moments like that in the game really, I think, uh, 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 speak to it being good. Yeah. The, the, just, just little things like one of the big things is that the English voice acting is is is, is pretty great. Um, nice. And this is a thing that's kind of important because, you know, it's not, it isn't always, especially with Japanese games. Um, but even, like, these, these little things, right? Like, one of, the, one of the main mechanics is during fights, you can get your, you, you know, you pick um, one of your allies to do a thing. And, you know, the main character, Noctis, will be like, you know, we'll call him out and he'll do his move. But it's not mm-hmm. always, it's not always, you know, like, always, like, the same quote. Um, and I haven't played a ton of it, so maybe there are, like, we'll, we'll see how many there are and if I start noticing repeats. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was I did it once, and he's like, Ignis! No, wait, I mean Prompto! Because, he, you know, I had picked a different character. I was like, that's, like, such a little thing, but it feels so right and so real. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm super impressed. I, I, I can't wait to get back to it. Um, yeah, also the main character is good at fishing, so I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> I've heard about that. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's all I think I had. Did you have anything else? No, I had nothing else that I wanted to plug. Um, uh, well, I guess in that case, um, you can email us what you think about uh, the Game Awards, Final Fantasy XV, um, Savage or Demons at subdurbsplaygames at gmail.com. You can watch it at twitch.tv slash subdurbsplaygames. You can, um, what else can you do? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on SoundCloud and rate us on iTunes and all of that good stuff. Um, please do. Um, and I think that's it. Um, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.